There's been a lot of interest in criminal justice reform, broadly speaking, in the past few years. President Trump signed the First Step Act, which I was a strong supporter of. There's all kinds of ways to reform the criminal justice system because it's a very large system and encompasses a lot of things. And there's been some more pushes on some of this stuff during the coronavirus pandemic, in part with various state and local governments looking to reduce their prison populations. And one policy area that relates to that, although can also stand alone from COVID, is bail reform. We saw bail reform pass in, among other places, in New York State back in 2019. And in early 2020, before COVID, there was a big spike in crime in New York. And at least the cops there said that the bail rules had something to do with it. I am not an expert on this stuff. But I thought it would be good to talk to an expert about this stuff, not just because it's an interesting topic conceptually or nationally, but because there is a bill proposed right here in Colorado, Senate Bill 62, that would seem to be making some of the same mistakes that New York made. And I think it's often attributed to Confucius that, Uh, A smart man learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from other people's mistakes. And I wonder if Colorado Democrats are not doing that. Joining us to talk about this, Jeff Clayton is the executive director of the American Bail Coalition. And yes, I do understand that it's a trade organization that has potentially a financial interest in this story. Nevertheless, Jeff is an expert and will give us a clear-eyed and objective view. Good morning, Jeff. Morning. Thanks for having me on. How much is Senate Bill 62 like what New York did, or or is it more like what some other state did? What what can we compare with for those who haven't been following the issue that closely? Well, I like to think of it as New York Plus. Uh, It does the bail reform very similar to where it just has bail remaining from the serious felony one, two, and three crimes, and then with some exceptions in the others. Uh, But really, the plus part is that officers are not allowed to arrest in many felony four, five, six and misdemeanor crimes in Colorado as a result of this bill. So what they would be allowed to do then is write a ticket and say, you got to come to court on such and such a date, but they can't arrest them and take them to jail for some crimes. Give us a sense of the kinds of crimes that cops would not be able to jail somebody for if this were to become law. Well, there's there's many. Everything that's not covered by the Victims' Rights Act or it's a firearm crime uh, would not would be non-arrest. Uh, the other thing to add insult to in- injury is the domestic violence cases are all mandatory arrest, but presumptive free bail. So if a case starts off, that's where we start off in Colorado, is that we're going to require police officers to arrest perpetrators of domestic violence, but we're going to presume they get a free bail at the same time. Wow. Where is this coming from? Um, this is definitely being pushed by the ACLU of Colorado. What's what's the upside for them? Well, I think they feel that during the COVID pandemic, when the jail populations dropped, that we could go back to that drop. But really, I just don't think it's a it's a good analogy because 
you know, the entire system stopped at that point during the first couple of months of COVID when we were getting in, inmates out of jail to stop them from getting COVID because we didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as crime has increased in Colorado, I don't think people are looking for uh, this as a solution. And I mean, the business owners from Pearl Street that all came down to the Capitol to say no more, um, I think is all you need to know. Wait, tell us more about that. I don't know about that testimony. What was it? Yeah, so the uh, chief of police of Boulder opposes this bill, as do the various business owners who simply came down and said, we can't operate. We're continuing to be burglarized. Our staff is being physically assaulted due to repeat people getting arrested and released over and over again in the system doing nothing. So their message is, it's enough already. We don't need any more of this arrest and bail reform. Mm. Wow. So do you think, what do you make of the the claim by many? And let's put aside uh, the COVID aspects of having a lot of people in in a small area in jail is jail slash prison. Well, prisons, I guess, a little different. You've been convicted of something quite serious by that point. Is 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 jail overcrowding a very serious issue, or is it overstated? How do you think of it? It used to be, but in Colorado, it's really not anymore. I mean, there's some pockets of counties that are growing that have to build new jails for various reasons. But by and large, the Colorado jail population has been what it has been for uh, a long time, particularly in light of what's happened over the last two years. So, uh, and the size of the bail market has shrunk. I mean, everything that by all indicators that would be make a bad system just aren't present in Colorado right now. So obviously some folks will say, all right, you know, Jeff Clayton works with the trade group. They make more money if there's more bail. Explain to folks why they shouldn't just look at you arguing for more bail as somebody, you know, with a financial interest in the issue? Well, what I used to say, and I've worked on this issue in Colorado for 12 years, is we live and die by whether judges trust us or not. And that's where it should be. And that's what the statute has said since 2013. The legislature doesn't go in and tell judges which crimes they do and which crimes they don't. We just allow judges to do that. And that's what we're for. And if uh, judges decline the amount of bail that's written, that's that's up to them. And that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. So, Again, I'm I'm not an expert on Colorado criminal law. Could you give us a little more specificity on, on, or just some examples of crimes that would not be arrestable anymore if this passes? Sure. So, you know, and all the, all the types of financial crimes that are out there, embezzling from elderly persons, stealing home titles, uh, all that sort of civil-related stuff where there's no violence involved would not be jailable. So... You could steal millions and millions of dollars. Basic thefts not going to be jailable. Uh, any misdemeanors are not going to get arrested anymore. So go down, steal as much as you want, under $1,000 every day, going to get a ticket. So uh, it's a wide variety of crimes. The only ones that are arrestable, like I said, are the Victims' Rights Act, which are the most serious felonies against a human victim type of crimes. How about a, how about a car theft where there's no human around, someone just you know, steals your car when it's parked, would that be arrestable? Uh, no, the presumption will be against an arrest and car jackings and thefts and all that sort of thing. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, I, maybe it's believable. I, I still wonder, and, and I imagine you've been actually talking to some of these people or at least listening to them. They, they must be aware of what happened in New York and that New York rolled back some or all, I don't know how much, of their bail reform because they thought the results were just you know so bad for the society community 
why do the people here in Colorado seem not to be learning any of those lessons? I'm not really sure. I mean, I was kind of involved in the New York fight, so I guess I saw it on the um, ground level. But this is really New York uh, all over again. And I think the results, you know, we can expect uh, to be similar. Hmm. Jeff Clayton is the executive director of the American Bail Coalition. Why does it seem like criminal justice reform broadly, and maybe, and this issue too, specifically, have become matters of partisanship rather than data and good policy? Well, because I think the number one way to fix the criminal justice system is to not have people in it and to get them out of it. And we spend so much time talking about how it's unfair, it's terrible. Well, of course it is. And, you know, what we need to do is do prevention programs for 15 to 1 dollars spending, keeping people going the right direction and not getting in gangs, for example, um, are all tools that need to be used at a higher level. And that should be nonpartisan because we can't, you know, fix racism by fixing the criminal justice system. It's just, you know, it's a pre-existing problem that the system's not designed to fix. So we need to focus on keeping people out of the system. Has there been on this particular issue an increasing widening partisan gap in the sense of I, I can imagine, although it's been a little better among Republicans lately with people like Mike Lee supporting uh, criminal justice reform, but for a long time, Republicans were tough on crime and we're going to get them all. And anybody who's ever smelled a drug, we're going to put them in jail. And on the other side, on the left, you, especially now, you've got people saying that crime is almost entirely a function of systemic racism and the criminals are actually the victims here. And so we really should be nice to all these people and barely punish anybody. And it, it feels to me like there's hardly any overlapping, you know, part of a Venn diagram anymore. Yeah, the merits definitely get lost. But I think, you know, certain examples, you, you know that the issue is not partisan. Like when California voters voted against getting the right to bail by more than two million votes in the last election, saying, no, we didn't want that. We don't want this reform. And so, you know, I think it is that it's heart a nonpartisan issue. And it's my favorite saying is everyone loves judicial discretion t- until they lose. But, you know, that's really the system we have available in this country. And we need to keep that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, if you broadly speaking, if you looked at the results of California's ballot initiatives in the last election, you would have thought you, you might have been looking at, at Texas or, you know, they, they had incredibly conservative outcomes in their ballot measures. And, and, and here in Colorado, I, I felt like we were living in what, in what California is at least reputed to be. Everything came out so leftist. So whenever, when I think about Colorado right now, I, I think we are being run by people who will make the wrong decision on a policy basis the vast majority of the time, which makes me think this thing might have a, might have a chance um, even though it's obviously so bad, what do you think it? What do you think the odds are of it, pa- it passing? Uh, it's got a pretty good chance, I would say, unless you know something big happens or the public starts to stand up to it. Uh, you know, I think there's opportunities for the legislature to water it down to bring the arrest exceptions over in the bail side, for example, so that mandatory DVs aren't mandatory free bails. So I think they will either carve it up or put it on the shelf and see what happens for next year. And obviously we don't know where the governor is on it yet either. So Right. Now, for a moment, just taking off your hat as the executive director of the American Bail Coalition, just thinking as a, as a citizen who understands the issues pretty well, 
what do you think is the do you think we are currently at the right balance between jailing people pre-trial and having you know no bail you know just free bail what's the right balance i think we're getting there in colorado i mean you have to realize two years ago and we you know supported these bills was to get rid of these jailing these low-level petty offense crimes on a park bench types of crimes and that got bipartisan support and everybody kind of said yeah these low levels that's the problem so you know we can always continue to look at that and there are going to be low-level cases where people go it just isn't worth it and that's what we need to try to isolate is is who are those people and why are they there right okay um we're talking folks about senate bill 62 and as jeff has described it would make it illegal for police officers to arrest folks for quite a lot of crimes um jeff we've got about one minute left and so for those folks who maybe joined us in the middle of the interview i'd actually like to wrap up where we started give us a a decent little summary of exactly what this bill would do if it passed absolutely this uh, bill would stop arrests for most nearly all nonviolent, uh serious felony and misdemeanor crimes in colorado and even some violent crimes. Uh, and then it would have presumptive free bail for all felony fours, fives, sixes, and misdemeanors in Colorado with some limited exceptions. So it would tilt the balance away from the police arresting people and anybody having to post bail to be released from jail. Wow. All right. Um, we're going to stay up on, on this with you, Jeff. Keep in touch when things happen. If you want to get back on the show, there are things listeners need to know about. We'll get you back on, and I want to thank you for bringing this to my attention and, and having so much great detail available for my listeners. You got it. Pleasure to be on. Jeff Clayton, Executive Director of the American Bail Coalition. I, uh, I understand that, obviously, there's a trade organization for the bail bonds companies, so they have a financial interest in the issue, and they would lose money if this thing were to pass, but that doesn't mean he's wrong. Right. It doesn't mean he's wrong. And I and I also noted that he has supported other bail reform in the past that would have caused less use of bail. So I appreciate that level of integrity. Wanted you to be aware of this thing. You go look up Senate Bill 62, but it will be on the blog at RossKaminsky.com. 